Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. It's good to see you this morning and welcome you and all of you who are watching online. It's rare on a Sunday for my family to miss church, but my family is over here uh, at the Coronado Tennis Center uh, watching my 16-year-old daughter Jordan play in her first tennis tournament, and she's in the finals right now, so we're excited about that. Uh, But it's best that I'm here, not only because I get to preach the word, but also because yesterday I got two warnings from the official for talking a little too much on the sidelines. He said, one more and you're gone. So I'm not usually one of those parents, but yesterday I just had to be. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I want to tell you a story um, about something that happened in Dallas. Dallas is where I grew up. Uh, Many years ago in a Dallas shopping center, a 24-year-old woman was dressed like a rag doll and she was holding a teddy bear in her arm, and she stared into space on this revolving platform, and only her eyes moved as hundreds and hundreds of shoppers watched. Then five hours and 43 minutes later, she rose and tried to smile because she was trying to beat the world record for sitting still. Now, as a preacher, where do you think I'm going with this? Surely there are some people in our churches across America who compete for that record. They have been sitting still, metaphorically, if not literally, for years. They never become involved in the work of the Lord. They never step out and take risk. They never jump in and serve and go whole heart with their church or in their communities or in their families. They're just sitting still. And I want to read something to you that I guarantee you most of you have probably heard this before. But it's a good description of what often happens within the body of Christ and what often happens within believers and the world today. Let me read something to you that you've probably heard before. Here's a classic description of someone doing nothing. Once upon a time, there was four men named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was asked to do it. But everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about it because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it. And nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody, and nobody did the job that anybody could have done in the first place. Paul Harvey once said, if you don't live it, you don't believe it. And we can be talking and talking and talking all day long about what we believe. But if there is no action, 
than it is nothing. I'm going to introduce you this morning to two men, two men who lived out what they believed, and they are, they are held up to be emulated by all of us here this morning. And you may have not thought about these guys before, and this is why we preach through the Bible, through books, because when something comes up, we talk about it. And so this morning, we're going to talk about this guy named Timothy and Epaphroditus. So let's go ahead and turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 19 through 30. Paul has been given the church instructions on how to live and the way they are to believe and to live it out. And Paul has been telling us to consider others better than ourselves and have the same mind of humility that was in Christ Jesus. Now we come to an this part, it's at the very end of chapter 2, and guess what? This is why a lot of people don't preach through the Bible, is because the end of chapter 2, it's a whole description of travel plans. You want a sermon on travel plans? You got it right here. But as Paul's talking about his travel plans, he mentions Timothy and Epaphroditus, two godly men who are getting it done. They're following Christ and living out what they believe for the kingdom of God. And we're going to consider their lives this morning and how they are worthy to be emulated. So let's start with Timothy, all right? Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 19. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. little backstory on Timothy. Timothy probably didn't have a father. His father probably died when he was young. And Timothy was raised by his mother and his grandmother, godly women who raised him up in Jesus Christ. And Timothy became a follower of Christ. And one day along came Paul and started building into Timothy, mentoring Timothy, putting all that he knows about Christ, discipling Timothy. And Timothy became a leader in the early church, and Paul would send him out on missions. And Paul would also bring him along on missions. And what we have in our Bible is two letters written from Paul to Timothy called First and Second Timothy. But on this occasion, we have Timothy with Paul, and Paul's in jail, and Timothy is attending to his needs. And we are told here that Paul says that he hopes to send Timothy shortly and learn of their condition. Look at verse 20. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek after their own interest, not those of Christ Jesus. You think about it, Paul's been around some pretty godly men and women in his life, but he said there's no one else like Timothy. Because Timothy was truly concerned about the interest of others. Over the years, as I've interacted with my kids, and I've raised them to have friends, a common theme that I hear from the the mouths of my kids is that their friends, not all of them, but a lot of them just don't take interest in them. They don't ask them questions. They don't see how they're really doing. And I think, well, you know, kids need that. And not just kids, adults need that. We need some people to ask us questions, to be genuinely concerned about our welfare and what's going on in our world. That's Timothy. And get this, Timothy is not just that kind of guy. He's also that kind of leader. He's a leader within 
the church who cares about others. He's not a leader to abuse the sheep, crush the sheep, take advantage of the sheep, but he's genuinely interested in their welfare and that of Jesus Christ. Continue on, verse 22. But you know of his proven worth, that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. If Timothy was alive today, it'd be said of him on social media and among the churches that he was known for spreading the gospel. He, look, he said he proved his worth time and time again by standing firm in the gospel and sharing it. Timothy is like a, a mini Paul. He's like a child serving with his father. He, he was all about seeing the gospel get out. He was all about people come to know Jesus Christ. He was all about planting churches outward, outward, outward. He wants people to know Christ and he wants the kingdom to spread. So his focus was not inward, like let's just all look it in ourselves, but outward. A pastor once said that there was a church, a group of believers who were their exact opposite. And this group of believers was turned in and focused exclusively on themselves and their and their fellowship. They didn't care about reaching out for the lost or contending for the gospel. And they had a sign outside their meeting, and the, outside their meeting space, this sign said, Jesus only. And after a while, the wind blew away the first three letters until it said, us only. A lot of churches turn inward and focus exclusively on themselves. But not Timothy. He's got this outward focus, expand the gospel, see churches planted, and see people come to Christ. And so Paul finishes with his hope plans in verses 23 and 24. He says, therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself also will be coming shortly. So, so Paul has Timothy, he's so valuable that, that he's not going to just let him go until he sees how things turn out for him, likely the outcome of his trial. But he's hoping to send him soon, and Paul's hoping to come along as well, because Timothy was his servant who would go anywhere for the work of the Lord. It's almost like a, Timothy was like uh, the missionary David Livingston. He said, I'm willing to go anywhere as long as it is forward in the will of God. And, and I wonder... Where are the men and women like this today who are really ready to do anything? Say, you know what, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do with my money, with my time. I'll do whatever, whatever you want me to do. I'll be sold out for you, Jesus. Where are the men and women like this? I've heard it put like this. Many times we think that we are going to surrender all to Jesus. We're going to make these grand gestures and once we make the grand gesture that we're going to surrender all to Jesus, then we're done. But what we don't realize is that following Christ is this daily plodding along in faithfulness of getting the work of God done and the small things day in and day out, kind of like Timothy. I've heard it put like this. It's like a $1,000 bill. Did you know there used to be a $1,000 bill? A $1,000 bill back in the day. And sometimes we think we have this $1,000 bill and we say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you all. I surrender all. I lay my life down. Here it is. And Jesus is like, take that $1,000 bill 
and I want you to go to the bank and I want you to cash it in and exchange it for all quarters. And I want you to take those quarters and give them out daily. And the way you serve, 25 cents here, 50 cents here. Serve those who are vulnerable here. Listen to someone who's lonely there. Serve on this committee that no one wants to serve on in the church. Love someone who's in pain here. You see? We have these grand gestures. I give you my life, $1,000. I'm sold out for you. Jesus is like, let's just do that daily. And the daily plotting of giving out your quarters here and there, 25 cents here, 50 cents there. That's what we see in Timothy, in that daily plotting faithfulness. Not only was he giving out quarters, but also Paphroditus. Let's learn a little bit about Paphroditus. Look at verse 25. But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need. Did you notice in verse 25 those descriptors? So Epaphroditus is a brother, a worker, a soldier, the Philippians' messenger, and he's ministering to Paul's needs. Epaphroditus is an amazing servant. And I'm just wondering, why are more parents naming their sons Epaphroditus? <laughs> I mean, this guy has a great heart. Look at verse 26. Because he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. So his heart is longing for the Philippians and he's distressed. Not because he was sick. He's distressed because they heard he was sick. His heart is so entwined with the Philippians that there is this mutual love and encouragement and support going on. And Paul elaborates on his illness. Look at verse 27. For indeed he was sick to the point of death. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. Jump down to verse 30. Look at verse 30. Because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. Epaphroditus, he's serving to the Lord to the point of illness. He's risking his life over and over again to serve Paul and the advancement of the gospel. It's been said of him that he would rather be negligent as to health than to be deficient in duty. It seems that when you serve the Lord, there is a variety of warfare. I'm just going to tell you straight up. When you serve the Lord, there's going to be a variety of spiritual warfare. Whether you're the pastor, deacon, elder, a layperson, whatever you want to call it. When you start serving the Lord, there's going to be a variety of spiritual warfare. And you would think... That's not the case, because think about it. I just want to be honest with you. My job is to study the Word of God a lot, tell you about it in preaching, disciple, care about people, and you would think, that is so easy. And yet there is so much spiritual warfare involved. It's crazy. I've heard it said before that the more work for the Lord, the more warfare and if you ever experienced that, you jump in, you're thinking, this is going to be great. I'm going to go over and I'm going to disciple someone. It's going to be so easy. And then stuff starts going wrong. And stuff is going so wrong in Epaphroditus' life and the way he's serving that it's affecting him physically. He's getting sick. Sometimes we think, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to ever get sick. And he's getting sick to the point of death. 
A friend of mine, uh, his name is Chuck Walton. He was once a, a Bible translator for Wycliffe. Maybe many of you are involved in Wycliffe Bible translators in the Philippines. And he was tortured when he was captured. He was captured and mentally and physically tortured. And so over, four, over 22 days, they showed him how they were going to kill him. And finally, they released him. And, and I saw him. It was crazy. I saw him at church one Sunday. He's telling me the story that he's going out to serve the Lord. He gets captured. He gets tortured just because he wants to tell people about Jesus. But he's also testifying that God rescued him. And sometimes by God's grace, even in the midst of all the navigation of the warfare, there is deliverance and mercy on my friend Chuck. And here it says on Epaphroditus, it says God had mercy on him and spared his life. Verse 28 and 29, look at it. It says, therefore I have have sent him all the more eagerly so that when you see him again, you may rejoice. And I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy. And hold men like him in high regard. So they were told not only to receive him with joy, but to honor men like Epaphroditus, who risked their lives for the sake of the gospel. And I would say we need leaders to risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Because when you have leaders risking their lives for the sake of the gospel, it is an encouragement to the whole body. During 252 AD, there was this plague, a pandemic, in a place called Carthage, where many people in the city bailed because they didn't want to get contaminated. And this Christian leader named Cyprus, he brought all the believers in town to the middle of the city, and they said, what we want you to do, we want you to fan out through this town and give everyone according to their needs. So the believers come together, and they risk their lives, and they go out, and they care for believers and unbelievers throughout the whole city. And I'm just thinking, we are believers who are called to follow Christ, and we need to care for other people during this time. Even if you're staying at home right now, there's ways that you can care for people. There's ways that you can love people. There's ways that we can be like Timothy and Epaphroditus. And so maybe you've been in your house for the last three or three months. Even if you're at home, you can still be giving out quarters. You can still be giving out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. All of us, no matter where we're at, the pandemic should not shut down the church. The pandemic should be an opportunity for the church to arise, for the church to be aggressive in spreading the gospel. I mean, just think about it. Just because we have a pandemic doesn't mean that evangelism has to stop. We should still be involved with eat, love, and pray for our neighbors. If you can't get out, you can be involved in something called phone call, love, pray. You can call people, talk to them on the phone, share the gospel. The pandemic does not shut down the church in no way, shape, or form. So think about it. You've got these quarters. You've got this 25 cents, 50 cents that you can give out. And I want you to think about some categories in your life where you can give those out on a daily basis. Here's some categories for you to think through. What would it look like to spend your quarters on a daily basis with the people in your life? Maybe those in your family, maybe your friends. How can you serve them with the quarters that you have on a daily basis? No grand gestures, but the small plotting of faithfulness. What about in your schedule? Is there any way that you can alter your schedule so you can serve 
the kingdom of God more, serve others more, love others more. Just think about your schedule. What are you doing with your schedule? How can you give out quarters in your schedule? And in your home, you know, some of us would rather serve in the church. Some of us would rather serve in parachurch ministries rather than in our own home. But we've also called to serve there first and work outward. And at church, many of you can give out quarters in the church and be serving within this body of Christ, which you guys are so good at that, giving out quarters on a daily basis, weekly basis, serving your church. And in your community, once again, in your community, there's ways that you can serve. As I mentioned, eat, love, pray. There's still a great time to share the gospel now. People are scared. You can give them hope in Jesus. And lastly, and in your giving and your serving, there's ways that you can be sacrificial in your giving and the way you serve other people by giving out 25 cents here, 50 cents there, using your quarters for the kingdom of God. No grand gestures. Yes, we we give our entire life to the Lord, but it's not just a one-time deal. It's an ongoing sacrificial service that lasts day in and day out for the glory of God. Let's pray. And as we have our our heads bowed in prayer, I want you to think through these areas right now and talk to the Lord. You, You may be so busy during the week, this is your opportunity to talk to the Lord and think through these categories and ask yourself how you're going to spend your quarters. Right now, how are you going to spend your quarters on the people in your life? How are you going to serve them in small daily ways? Talk to the Lord about that. And what about your schedule? Is it so busy that it just throws the work of the Lord out? How are you going to serve him with your schedule? And in your home, how are you going to serve the Lord with your quarters in your home? Maybe you're, you're tired of doing the same thing every day and you need God to give you the power and the strength to serve again on a daily basis. Now, what about at church? Even during this unique time, what's a way that you can serve? And even, even if you can't come to this building and serve here, what is a way that you can serve your church during this time? And in what ways we give out your quarters in your community? Who, who is there someone, your neighbor, that you can give a call to? Maybe go out to a meal with. Maybe just go hang out in the driveway and share the gospel with them. And even if you're giving and you're serving, what are ways that you can give out quarters on a daily basis? Lord, we surrender our lives to you. We give you our entire lives. Show us what it means to serve you, not just in grand things, but in the daily acts of love and kindness and bringing glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.